Hello, friends. This is Scott Pauley, and I'm thrilled you've joined us for the Weekend Pulpit. From time to time, it's my privilege to share a Bible message that God has used to affect my life in a unique way. And today's message from God's Word is from a guest preacher and someone that is very special to me. I hope you'll get your Bible and follow along as we listen for the Lord to speak to our hearts. I'm going to ask you to turn to two different places. The first place is going to be Matthew 9, and then the second place is going to be Matthew 12. Matthew 9 and then Matthew 12. And I pray that we'll be able to convey this, convey this, the, this thought tonight and do, out of our, do our best to get out of the way of the Spirit of the Lord. Matthew 9, verse number 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Those are haunting words, aren't they? And you can have faith the right things and see some wonderful mountains move. You can have faith for the wrong things and, and see things go south really quick. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that thou see that no man know it. But they, when they departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. And as they went out, Behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. And when the, and when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casteth out devils through the prince of devils. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Then if you would please just back up with me a little bit in this same ninth chapter. And look what it says here. Verse number 9, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of the custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus said at meat in the house, Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he saith unto them, 
They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. Now watch what he says right here. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now let me back up a little bit. We saw in the first portion that we read how the Jesus was so magnanimous. He was so full of faith and ready to help the blinded eyes that could see, not see, and let them see and help the people that were possessed and under the control of demonic uh, strongholds and he released them. And here he releases Matthew of the powers of darkness that held him for the love of money is the root of all evil. And now he's surrounded by the publicans who are being, we know Matthew got set free and hopefully the others were getting set free. And the Pharisees were griping and complaining that he was eating with them. And then Jesus said, verse 13, go ye and learn what that meaneth. And then he says, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn a few pages over, if you would please, to the 12th chapter. To the 12th chapter. In the 12th chapter, verse number 1, at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck ears of corn and to eat. By the way, which was permitted according to Deuteronomy. But the interpretation of the law was another matter that the Pharisees looked equal to the law. Verse 2, but when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he saith unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungered, and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God, and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath, and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. Verse 7. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. Same wording. If you known what that meaneth, I want to speak to you this evening on this subject, what that meaneth. Let's remain standing. We'll have a word of prayer and then please be seated. Lord God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message that Billy gave us a while ago, just what we needed. I thank you for the message that we heard from Preacher Rabin and Preacher Finley. It was marvelous, Lord, to be reminded a living testimony as these two men of God stood here. What you said by this Shall all men know you're my disciples by the love you have one for the other? I thank you for the burden that you placed upon the Brother Paulie and those that had anything to do with Southwide Baptist Fellowship this year to put this emphasis for such a time as this. Give us unction, the function for the message. Let me bring no reproach against thee, Lord. Please give me the help 
to be a help. We've already been helped. Please let me one more time have something to say that's from you in Jesus' name and for Christ's sake, amen. You may be seated. What this meaneth? Unusual. So he's eating with Matthew and the, and the publicans and the Pharisees are condemning him. And he said, if you only knew what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. And then the disciples were hungry and they got something to eat and they were being condemned because they were not fulfilling the interpretation of the law. It's always good to remember that we are preachers. We hope to be inspiring, but there's only one book that's inspired and that's the Bible. So Jesus, when he saw them rebuking and saw this attitude, he repeated the same thing he said a couple of chapters earlier. If you'd just known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Must have been an amazing thing to see and behold and hear Jesus at the age of 12 astounding the scholars. And keep in mind the Hebrew scholars of the Bible committed whole passages of the Torah and the prophets to heart. But Jesus was holding them spellbound, asking them questions they were not able to answer. He was giving them answers, and that's why for three days he's holding the teachers of the law spellbound because no one knew the Bible like Jesus. Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy. And here in Matthew 9... In Matthew 12, Jesus is quoting from Hosea chapter 6. Hosea is an unusual book of the Bible, isn't it? Huh? I mean, God is wanting Hosea to let the people know what he's experiencing. So he calls a prophet to vicariously illustrate what he's experiencing. So he says, Mary Gomer... Every time I read that, I feel like saying, Shazam. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough she's got a name that reminds me of Gomer Pyle, but she's a very, very wicked woman. So wicked of a woman that he actually names a child whose in name in Hebrew is, I don't know whose it is, but it's not mine. That's exactly what the name means. She lives so wickedly that he actually builds a hedge of thorns about the place trying to keep her from her illicit lovemaking and she breaks the barrier. She lives so wickedly that he actually buys his wife from a slave auction dedicated to sexual immorality. God says, tell them that's what I'm experiencing. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn to Hosea. And, um, and let me just show you, and this is where Jesus is actually quoting from to show the um, unconditional love of God who is the same yesterday and today and forever. He says in Hosea 4 and verse number 17, Ephraim's joined her idols. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. 
But then a couple chapters later in chapter 11, verse number 8, how can I give thee up, Ephraim? Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. My sheep know my voice, they hear my call, and no man shall be able to pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. Nobody's going to be able to pluck them out of his hand. Somebody said to me once, don't you believe that the devil can get you out of God's hand? If he can get you out of God's hand, he's got to break the Holy Spirit with your seal of the day of redemption. He's got to pry through the hands of the Father. Then he's got to pry through the nail-pierced hands of Jesus. If the devil gets that far, he's getting saved himself. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And we know Slewfoot's not getting saved. Amen? Being confident in this very thing. Philippians 1, 6, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ecclesiastes 3, 14, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing should be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it. That men should fear before him. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. So Jesus said, I want you to learn this. Evermore, Jesus is to be our teacher. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Learn of me, Jesus said. Didn't he? Yeah. Learn of me, I am meek and lowly. Learn of me. Christian means Christ-like. Twice Jesus said, Matthew 9, Matthew 12, learn this. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. What was he talking about? This was taken from Hosea 6. Verse number 4. Hosea 6, verse number 4. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, Boy, he, he captures all of Israel again, doesn't he? Even though they've been divided, he's never given up on the unity. Amen? Israel's coming together again. Amen. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee, O Judah? What shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as the morning cloud, and as the early dew, it goeth away. And the word goodness there is from a three-lettered Hebrew word, chesed. Your chesed is like the morning cloud or like the, the morning dew, the early dew. And when the sun comes up, it's burned off just like that. Therefore have I hewed them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. And thy judgments are as the light that goeth forth. Here it is. For I desired... Mercy. And that's the same word, chesed. And not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. This is that. This is what Jesus was saying. Your chesed is like the dew that burns off it's not real. My chesed is an eternal thing. My chesed is something that doesn't give up. Now, 
to understand what that word is. Just let's go for a few places and just see in our scripture real quickly, Psalm 63, verses 1. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory as I've seen thee in the sanctuary, because here it is, thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. The word loving kindness, chesed. Psalm 69 and verse number 16. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness. Here it is. Chesed is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Jeremiah 9, 23. Look at Jeremiah 9 and verse number 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man, we heard it this evening a moment ago from Corinthians, illustration and commentary on this passage. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. Look at this. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering. Glory in understanding me. Know me. That I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness. I said judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these things I delight saith the Lord. Turn back a few pages to Jeremiah 3. Look at Jeremiah 3 verse number 12 go and proclaim these words toward the north and say return thou backsliding Israel saith the Lord and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you for I am merciful and the word is said, I am said saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. He goes beyond just saying, give it, show it. He says, I am, I am said. Now, said is an unusual word. You see, every language has its idiosyncrasies and uniquenesses. For instance, there's a German word that we do not have a comparable translation of. It's the word Sanzuk. Sanzuk in German is a longing for something that you know in your heart exists, but you've never been there. Huh. So that's akin to the Gaelic word Harith, which is a homesickness for something that's hard to explain. Hesed is used approximately 250 times in the Old Testament. It's translated goodness. It's translated mercy. It's translated. This is great. You'll love this. Before there was a King James Version, Miles Coverdell came to the word Hesed. It's the way the Hebrews would say chesed. And he was perplexed, frustrated, because he could not find an English word that was comparable. 
So in 1535, Miles Coverdale invented an English word that until then was not in any of our dictionaries. It's the word loving kindness. Loving kindness. Jeremiah 3, God said, I am loving kindness. It is the combination of grace and mercy, kindness, blessing beyond our ability to even define. I am a saint. Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees. Learn this. You bring your sacrifices to the temple, but you're not real. Your goodness is fake. It's like the morning dew. You are political. You are surface only. Get deep with me. Why am I eating with publicans? Because I love sinners. Why am I letting my hungry disciples eat? Because I love them. I want them to be fed today. And it's not an unspiritual thing. Somebody said, hey, you know you're called to preach. I said, you wake up one morning craving chicken. Hallelujah. <laughs> Barbara and I were looking for a place to eat today, and we saw a place, and it said in the window, crispy chicken. I felt called. Hallelujah. <laughs> Preacher told me tonight we got some chicken. Amen. I'm ready. So Jesus says, why are you mad at me for letting them eat? You're, 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 it's, it's your interpretation of the law. They're permitted to do this. Learn this. I didn't come here with a sacrifice. You see, he said, I'm loving kindness. Yeah. He is the sacrifice. Yeah. He is the sacrifice. You better learn this. You better get your eyes off of these animals and these bullocks, and you better look this direction. I will have mercy. Going back to Matthew 12, look at the illustration. Do you love the way that God illustrates his principle in the word of God? Brother uh, Paulie, you know exactly where I'm going. In that same 12th chapter after he says, learn this. If you had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy. If you known what this meaneth. And so what was this? Jesus was saying, I give Hesed, for I am Hesed. Learn this. Best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. So, in the context of the scripture, it comes to what Jer or rather Isaiah was quoting about Jesus. It says in verse number, look at this, verse number 20. 12th chapter, a bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment into victory. He says, here's what I want you to learn. I am Hased. You see, a bruised reed I'll not be breaking. The smoking flax I will not be quenching. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? You know, they, as, we, as we look in the Old Testament, the word has said, you know, for instance, if I say, for instance, if I say, 
that's a cool tie that you're wearing. Okay? But then if I say, step outside, you know, the temperature seems cool tonight. It's the same word, the same spelling, but in the context, it means something very different. You see? Poetic parallelism. Lingui it's called linguistic gravity. In other words, if you want to know what a word means, you must put other words alongside of it. And when you look at the word has said, you will often see truth combined with has said, truth and mercy, truth and grace, grace and goodness. It's, it, in other words, there's a linguistic gravity. And Jesus himself, if we, as we come to this thing, he, here, here's, some, here's some great gravity. He said, I'm really wanting you to get the picture because he said a bruised reed is not going to be broken by him and the smoking flax will not be quenched by him. I have meditated over this, that, that one verse, I have meditated over that verse for probably 27 years. Finally, I began to get a hold of some materials and some helps. I, I remember reading after F.W. Borm in his, I think his book was The Uttermost Stars, and he was talking about being on a holiday in the Mideast, and he was talking about seeing a shepherd uh, lead his sheep down by the, you know, the reeds will grow in that, remember, he leads me beside the still waters, and he saw a, a reed that was bent in the middle, and he saw the um, shepherd break the reed away and take it away, then he saw him cut down a longer one, and then he made fingerlings for a flute. Well, then I was reading after another guy who said that the ancient shepherds would not only call by their voice, remember my sheep know my voice, but they were also called by the sounds of flutes that they would make. Huh. So here's the application. When Jesus would come to this earth and he would call, remember what Jesus said, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, they shall hear my voice, there will be one shepherd, one fold. When Jesus comes to the person that's broken the bruised reed, he will not break it off. He will let it grow beyond its wound. And then he can make it the food. What about the ones that are broken so deeply, so deeply that he can't make it as long as it... You know what, I, my kids are musicians, so I have one daughter that plays the flute, but then she got a piccolo and she played the piccolo. Sometimes God will not have enough of you left to play on the flute, but he can sure make beautiful music out of the piccolo because that's the way Jesus is. You see, there's nobody here beyond his help. So there may be some of you tonight that are feeling like a bruised reed. Christ is not going to break it off. He either make a beautiful fluid out of you or a beautiful piccolo out of you. The smoking flax? Boren was talking about being in the house where he saw this shepherd got very angry because he lit this lamp that he had used for a long time and it was smoking up the room. He grabbed the lamp and threw it out. Boren was making the application. That's not the way Jesus does. He just extends the burnt wick high, trims it off, lets the wick soak up the oil and burns it again. There's some of you are like the bruised reed. You've never been used and you think God can never use me. No, that's wrong. He is Hasad. Learn this. I'm the sacrifice. I will have mercy. It's his option for he is the sacrifice. He will have mercy. There's some of you that felt like, well, I've gone beyond the point of God using me because I'm smoking up all of my environment. I'm polluting every room that I go into. 
God can't use me anymore. I want you to do this exercise with me real quickly, okay? Breathe deep, real deep. Okay, exhale. How many were able to do that? Raise your hand. Okay, God's not through with you. I'm going to do my imitation of Evels Presley. Ready? Here it goes. All right. When you are, that's so lame. When you are dead, God's through with you, okay? But the fact that you're breathing means that God's not through. A bruised reed, he will not break. You know, when you think about how God is so merciful, think about this for a moment. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was what? Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes were healed. Remember Isaiah 61? Let me just... Boy, when you don't have an outline, you're just praying that it'll work, okay? Here we are. Let Let me go to Isaiah 61 for just a moment. Maybe you can go over there with me. Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Isn't this Jesus? Right? Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to come for them that mourn. What a blessing. To bind up the brokenhearted. Learn this. Learn this. I will have said. I will have this great mercy. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Lord is not only willing but longing to use those for whom God, for whom the world has no use for. He's willing to do what is necessary. Number two, the Lord, let me throw this out real quickly, is able and capable of using those who lost their testimony to be used again. Remember what Jeremiah 18, 4 says, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Jeremiah saw the potter, that's God. He saw the clay, that's us. And he saw the will, circumstances. Remember the Bible said there in Jeremiah 18, the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. It was not made by the hand of the potter. God is not arbitrary in his judgment. He has said, he is merciful. Like if he fills the rock that's in the clay, he stops it. The wheels stop. And then he gives the clay the pancake treatment. You ever had the pancake treatment? But then he makes it again another vessel that seemed good to him. No, my friend. No, my friend. Spurgeon said, there are many that say, once an eagle's wings are clipped, he'll never fly as high again. He said, if that were true, none of us would have pinions to carry us anywhere. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied. There my burdened soul found liberty. Calvary. Uh, Brother Billy was mentioning David, how that, you know, the Bible says in Hebrew, uh, Acts 13, that David was a man after God's own heart. Remember? But look at the sin that he committed. No wonder the Bible speaks of, watch this, the sure mercies, and the word there is said, the sure chesed of David. David inherited chesed. Remember? Ruth gave 
Naomi has said. Boaz gave Ruth has said. Gave it to Obed, then the Jesse, then the David. The sure mercies. The sure mercies of David. Remember David's repentant psalm? Look at Psalm 51. Look at Psalm 51. I'm not making this stuff up, brother. It's all in the Bible. He says, verse number one, Psalm 51, have his said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, thy has said, according to the multitude of thy tender has said, blot out my transgressions. Oh, my old friend was flying over the Pacific Ocean, Brother Ed Magabee, and they tilted the uh, airline a little bit, and the, the pilot said, this is the deepest part of the ocean on earth, over 60 miles deep. The preacher got out of his chair and started praising God. Hallelujah. People know what was going on. He said, I have never seen where all my sins have been cast till today. To the deepest part of this. As Corey Tim Boone said, he put all my sins to the deepest part of the sea and then he put up a sign, no fishing here. Amen. There was a preacher that said to God once, if I ever do this sin again, never use me again. I make a vow to you, I'll never commit this sin again. If I ever do, never use me again. And he was getting ready to preach and he thought he was ready to resign on that Sunday morning. Not knowing there, there was a modernist church miles away that if you listen very carefully, you could hear their bells ringing on Sunday morning. He said, and I never knew them to play this. I'm on my face before God saying, I know what I vowed, but how am I going to get in the pulpit? I feel so unworthy. I feel... And he said, as I lay there, I paused for a moment because I couldn't say anything else. I was crying. I like what Ian Bounds said, better to have prayer without words than words without prayer. He's just laying there, not able to say anything before God. And this church with their chimes began to play, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin hath left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Should, should I tell him what uh, oh heavenly sibs told him? How about, how, about, how about Heavenly Sibs? 1630 in the book entitled The Bruise Read. It's worth the price of the book, right? You, you've read it, right? I mean, it's tough reading, but you get to that one sentence, you say that was worth the price of the book right there. Here's what old Richard Sibs said back in 1630. There is more mercy in Christ than sin in us. Whoa. Oh, Yes. The Lord is not only willing but longing to use those for whom the world has no use, my friend. And for those of you that believe that you have sinned so much that God cannot use you, you are wrong, wrong, wrong. I have not read this in a long time, but I just want to close with this. And don't get excited, I love to close. <laughs> he was bruised for our iniquities. I preached one night on that subject, the bruised reed and the smoking flax. And I got this message. I got this letter. Thank you for listening to the Lord and preaching the sermon as difficult as that one. The Lord had you preach that for me. I was a broken reed. I was the smoking flax that had been used over and over by sin just this week. 
I had thoughts of ending it all because I thought I was worthless to the Lord. I thought I had defiled myself beyond being useful for him anymore. I thought to live my life my own way, but outside of God, my life would be pointless. I felt backed into a corner. I felt that I could not be used by him and I could not live outside of him, so my life was in vain, I felt. But the mercy of God is greater than my sin. Praise the Lord. Do you love him tonight? The longer I live, the more I realize I am what I am by the grace of God. I've never been so less impressed with me. I've never been so less impressed by what flesh can do. But I've never been more impressed what God can do with us. If we'll just get out of the way and believe God at his word, that not only is he willing to give mercy, loving kindness, he has said, he is mercy and grace Grace giving us what we do not deserve, mercy not giving us what we do deserve, and loving kindness, the Hased. And now what he's wanting us to do, and I think this has been the theme of this night, he wants us in turn to reciprocate and give Hased to those that we deem are hurting. We're so good at shooting our own wounded, aren't we? It's time to bind up the broken. For the bruised reed he will not break. The smoking flax he will not quince. The one thing that Christians have that no other religion have is this unconditional love, this merciful love, this grace. Learn this. Learn this. Jesus said, learn of me. Learn this, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. I am the sacrifice, so in my wounds extend the love of Calvary. You know, if you've never read that beautiful book by Amy Carmichael, it's a little book, you can probably get it online now, I don't know, if, if, and she gives one statement after the other, if I don't do this, I know nothing of Calvary love. I know nothing of Calvary love. You see, that's what has said is, it's Calvary love. It's the Father forgive them love. It's the, right? That's what we have received. And we who have freely received, let us then freely give. Learn this. Learn this. I will have a said. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Change our lives by it, sharper than any two-edged sword. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to do your will. And I thank you that there is more mercy in you than sin in us. And I'm so thankful that you can use us again and again and again, even when we fail you. Oh, God, I pray for that one that feels like they're going to throw in the towel. I pray that tonight they'll not do it but they'll just return to thee and receive from you the loving kindness of God Almighty. In Jesus' name, amen.
There's nothing like the preaching of God's Word to bring comfort and conviction at the same time. I wonder, what will you do with what you've heard today? We would love to hear from you and pray with you. You may contact us at enjoyingthejourney.org. That's enjoyingthejourney.org. I hope you'll be faithful to attend a Bible preaching church wherever you are this Lord's Day. And then join us as we continue our devotional study of the Word of God on enjoying the journey in the new week. May God bless you and thank you for listening.